Um, okay, so we are on Daf Yud Alam Yud Alaf Amr Alaf. Sort of a new conversation. I wouldn't say totally new, but sort of new. Um, we are the first words in the line are Kiresh Lakish. It's about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eleven lines in the bottom at the end at the end of the line. The Gemara says as follows. Amar of Yehuda Amar Raf. So Yehuda says in the name of Rav as follows. Saras Sota Asura. So, what's a sota? Let's just make sure we know what we're talking about. And we're going to see the actual definition of sota in this case is going to shift slightly. So, yeah, so we'll pay attention to that. But the simple shot in sota, right, is that a woman is married to a man. They're married to each other. She's, uh, you know, the, the, she's been found to be hanging out with some other man who's not her husband. And her, again, she hasn't necessarily done anything with him that's aser, but spending time with him, you know, finding herself maybe in yichud with him, which would be aser. Um, and the husband becomes uh, jealous, upset, worried what's going on. And he actually warns her uh, not to do so in front of Adim. And then Adim sees that she does it again. And she, find, and she ends up in Yichud with this guy. Um, so at that state, right, she's now uh, a, quote, suffix sota, we're going to see. Because she has been accused of, being, uh, of Yichud or warned not to. Have yichud with someone, a man other than her husband, and then she's found with Aiden to have had yichud with someone other than her husband, and then you know the process goes. He brings her to the, to the to uh, to the Mikdash, and she you know she's asked to you know uh, confess, etc. She doesn't. She doesn't. She drinks the sota water. It turns out she was an adulteress. That she dies from it. If she turns out she wasn't an adulteress, she has a baby from it. So that's the sota. The question though becomes what you know at what stage we're referring to this woman? Are we referring to a woman who's actually committed adultery? Are we talking about a woman who's been found to have yichud with a guy that she was already warned not to? Um, you know, what are we referring to here? So, uh, and the status of that person can change uh, depending on whether she was uh, actual, actual adulteress or someone who simply was uh, warned not to have yichud and then did so and ate him so. So we're going to see. But the, but the bottom line is, in either case, there's a halachic change. Even once she's found to have had yichud with the man with whom she has been warned not to have yichud, there's a halakhic change of status at that point also, even though she's not quite um, you know, a woman who's, who's committed adultery. The halakh in general, just to make sure it's clear, a woman who commits adultery is asura labal, asura labal. Right? She's asura to both. Right? She, she, let, she went to some other man, she was asura to the man with whom she had the affair, and she's also asura to her husband um, if she uh, committed adultery. Um, as opposed to a woman, for example, who is raped, it's a different story. A woman who's raped, if she's not the husband, if she's not the wife of a Kohen, she can go right back to her husband um, after it's the wife of a Kohen. It's much more complicated, but Chipotle um, Asura in such a case. Um, but, um, but anyways, that's what we're talking about. And I can't totally define it yet because the government is going to shift as to how they explain it. So let's see right now. So the, but the bottom line is, this woman who's the, quote, Sota, in this, case, in this scenario, she has a co-wife, right? So Reuben is married to Rivka, and Sipora, that's some reason we call it Sipora, the co-wife always. Um, so Reuben is married to Rivka and Sipora, right? Rivka uh, goes ahead and becomes a Sota, and she has a co-wife. And then what happens um, is, uh, before anything else can occur, Reuven dies. So Reuven dies, and his wife has already had the status of Sota. So what happens to, to Rivka, and what happens to Sipora in such a case? So, the, so Amir Rabbi Huda Marav, uh, so Rabbi Huda says in the name of Rav, Tsaras Sota Asura. So if the, uh, a woman was a Sota, 
and her husband dies and they don't have children, her, what, her co-wife is a surah to marry Shimon or Levi, the brothers of Reuben. Which the implication, of course, is that if the tzara is a surah to marry them, that must mean that Rivka herself was a surah to marry him, to, to, to do Yibam. So my time, oh, what's the reason, says Rav? Tuma ksivba ke'arayos. In reference to the halacha of Sota, she is referred to as Temea. And since she's referred to as Temea, a woman who is Temea to another man, she's like one of the Arayos. She's forbidden that if you're one of the Arayos, this is an Isakares. If it's an Isakares, what does that mean? So that means that there's no, uh, no Yibum even starts in the first place. And again, according to the rule of our very first Mishnah, her Tzara is also Asura. Right? So there's, no, there's not even any, any discussion. You can't even start the Yibum or Chalitza process if the relationship between the Avama and the original uh, and the and the brother or the, the tsara and uh, and uh, and the brother is one of an iser of arayos of karos. Um, okay, um, look at Rashi just to make sure we're totally clear. It's the second line in Rashi, second wide line in Rashi. Tsara sota sura haya nasui beis nashim. Right, he was married to two women. Vizinsa achas tachta. One of them, and so Rashi explains it. Assumes in this case, sota here does not necessarily mean that she, we went through the process of Sota, per se. Or we did go through the process, and we find out that she was actually Mizana. She actually had done the, uh, she had actually done the act, right? The sexual act with a man who's not her husband. So what happens? The Yesh Eden, and there are Eden that they did so. Umit, uh, and we wonder how is it possible to have Eden? It's a good question. It's very difficult to have Eden of that said act. We're gonna have to, that's when we talk typically more about the Eden of the Yichud. But uh, it's not that simple. Um... Umes below banim, and then he dies without children. He vitsarasa peturos af mina chalitza. She and her co-wife are both peturos even from chalitza. Ma'itaima tumak siba v'nistera v'hi nitma. The pasuk says she was nistera. She was secluded herself with this other man who's not her husband. V'hi nitma, and she became temeya to her husband. So you see that she's treated nitma. Rashi says karayos dechsiv altitamu b'chol elam. It comes to the, to the to the Parsha of Arayos, where the, the Torah warns, don't become Temeya through all these acts, meaning the act of, of, of violating one of these Arayos is an act of Tumah. So you see that the word Tumah used in both places, so you see a woman who's a Sota to her husband, um, who actually did the act of Arayos, so she, uh, the act of, of Znus, um, so she's going to be considered Temeya. That's important because now she, again, she has the Isra Kares to, uh, to her husband, and therefore... To her brother. By the way, why does, it, why does the relationship carry over to the Yavam? Why does that make sense? Because that's been our rule the whole time, right? That the, that, the, that the Yavam always sort of takes over the marriage. That's why, of his brother. That's why he doesn't have his own Kiddushin. That's why when he, after he does Yibam, he does, he gives a get, right? To divorce her. Because again, it's all kind of an extension of that original marriage. So if she's a sewer to her original husband because of, because of Znus, because she was Mizana, she had an affair. So therefore, she becomes a sewer automatically to his brother also, to the Yavah. And then, of course, that relationship extends to the Tzara, as we've been saying all along. Okay. Um, fine. So that, that's, that's Rav's opinion. Rav's opinion is, once a woman has committed the act of adultery, she's a, quote, Sota. In that case, she's a sura, and her tzara is also a sura to all the brothers as well. So Mesiv Rav Chista, so Rav Chista is going to bring a contradiction, or presumably a contradiction to the sheet of Rav. Rav Shimon Omer, Rav Shimon says, Biasa 
O chalitzasa me'echav shalrishon poteres sarasa. So we'll explain what the line means, but then we have to explain the context. So that a woman's, a scenario where a woman had bia or a chalitza from one of her brothers, so that's going to uh, make the tzara petura from yibum. Meaning, it sounds like, first of all, that the original woman here is allowed to have uh, yibum or chalitza, and it sounds like she makes her tzara petura when she does so, meaning that there originally was a chiv. So whatever Bryce that we're quoting here, uh, it's clearly a, a, assuming that the woman who was, quote, the sota, was permitted to marry her brother after her husband passed away, and the tzara would have been if the original sota, original woman, would not have married uh, her brother, Danibum. So what is going on here? So the case is as follows. Uh, take a look at Rashi. Rashi will explain it. We'll make sure to enhance Rashi here. One, two, three, four, five lines down in the wide Rashi's. So what's the case? So the case is as follows. A woman who's, uh, and these, these cases are found, uh, we're, we're going to find some of them later on in Mesechah's Yevamos, you find them a lot in Mesechah's Gittin also. Um, and these cases happen, you know, have happened, you know, at different times in history. Uh, a woman go, whose husband goes, the Medina Sayyam, Medina Sayyam always means uh, that he goes on a faraway journey across the ocean. He takes a boat somewhere. And right, they knew when he took a boat, you know, those days, some were far, so you, you may or may not come back. Right? It's a very, very far journey. Uh, and they came and they told her, right? So they told her, your husband died. We found information. He was on a ship. There was a shipwreck. There was something. We know we have information that he passed away. And then she gets married. And what happens? This happened in the Holocaust all the time, right? A woman's told her husband passed away. She has some type of verifiable proof, not to aid them typically, but maybe one aid, uh, maybe other type of information that can tell us that her husband passed away. Based on that proof, the Bezdin says to her, you are permitted to marry. Okay? So this case is she's allowed to get married. Bezdin told her she could. The Gemara always says you're allowed to have at least even one aid is enough. In such a case, Mishum Iguna Akilo The Chazal would be Remeka or lenient because of the concern for Aguna. She'd never be able to get married ever again. So the Bezdin says... Based on the evidence we have, you can get married. And then what happens? The first husband shows up again. So now what's her status? Technically, she was Mizane. She was right, a sota, in a certain sense, to her husband. Why? Her husband was alive, and she went, and she had a sexual relationship with somebody else. Again, in this case, it wasn't her fault. She didn't know. She was even told it was permissible to her. But the bottom line is, she was, it turns out she was still married when she went to marry this new man. So What happens? Very, very challenging psaq. Tetze mizeh mizeh. She has to divorce both. She has to divorce her new husband and she also divorce her old husband. Why? Asura labal, asura laboel. Right? Same halacha. That if the woman commits adultery, she's forbidden to the, the man with whom she was with and she's also forbidden to her original husband. Ah, you're going to say to me it's not her fault Bezin told her to? So that, it's true. We're going to get to that. She's not, she's not a surah. Why not? She was anus. It's not her fault. She didn't know. She was even instructed that she's allowed to. So what do you want from her, right? So it's a we're going to see. This whole thing is a, is a, is a din rabbanon that we have to, that we have such a consequence. Why? Because if that's not the consequence, what's going to happen? People won't be so careful, right? Husbands will go away. You won't hear from them. And okay, so I assume that he's gone. And go ahead and marry a new guy and the husband will show up again. So because you want to make sure people are extraordinarily careful with such a case, because the, the, the result is a mom's there. 
right? If she has children with a new husband, the result results in mamzerim. So, um, because we want to be extraordinarily careful, the halacha is midrabanan that she has to get divorced from each of them. Okay. Um, so what happens now? Mesu echav shalzeh ve'echav shalzeh. Oh, sorry, mesu mesu. Um, so what happens if the husband, right, the original husband, or the, uh, or the new husband, or either one of them, what happens if they both, they both die? Okay, and they die without children, and they die before they were able to give her a get. Okay, so remember the case. She was married to Reuven, Reuven goes away, she's told that Reuven dies. She marries Shimon. Okay? She's married to Shimon still. Reuven shows up. Give out. Now she's stuck. She can't stay married to either of them. Before she has a chance to get divorced from Reuven or Shimon, what happens? They both die. What's her status with regards to Reuven's brothers and Shimon's brothers? Okay? So, let's talk it out before we see Rashi. What should be the halacha? Is she allowed to be even with them? Is she forbidden to be even with them? What would you say? So the she should be forbidden to both of them. You could make such an argument. What, what's the other possibility? She's technically permissible to both of them. Why? Because the only reason that she's asura to the husband A and husband B is midrabana, right? Because we're concerned maybe later on different women are going are to make this cheshven and they'll get married without proper evidence. So really midraisa you could argue she's actually permitted to both of these men, in which case she's really permitted to both of their brothers, right, in that scenario. Right? Or, at least she, or at least she's permitted to her original husband, you could say. Permitted to her original husband. Um, and she uh, and should uh, be able to do even midah rice. Again, midah maybe not. So the question is, what happens in that case? So, so the, the halacha is, if, if the brother, if they die... Each of the brothers do chalitza, but not yibum. Why can't they do yibum? Because you can't do yibum in such a case. Again, the, the Rabbanon already said that, uh, you know, that, that this woman's off, off limits. She was ki'ilu, she did znus. Ki'ilu, she was an adulteress. She wasn't, but we treat her that way, mid So you can't do yibum. But you, can, you have to do chalitza. Why? Because mida araisa, they have a connection to each other. At mida araisa, she was permitted to marry each of them. Um, and really, therefore, each brother has to, the brothers of each have to do yibum. This is the opinion of, of, of the Rabbanim, okay, in such a case. That, again, with the Rabbanim, he made her us to both husbands. If they both die before, before um, they're able to give a get, so then each set of brothers has to do, someone on each side of, the, of, of both Reuven and Shimon, a brother of each, have to do chalitza with her, but they're not allowed to do yibum. Fine. However, Rabbi Shimon doesn't agree. Rabbi Shimon Omer, continuing Rashi, Rabbi Shimon Omer, this is all just quoting the Gemara on Daf, I think it's a Pezan of the base. Um, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Bi'asa o chalitzasa me'echav shal rishon poteres hi lechachila es sarasa. Uh, and remember, by the way, also, so now let's imagine the same scenario, but she actually has a co-wife. Okay, so she and another woman were married to Reuven, and then Reuven left and went to Medina Sayyam. He went somewhere, but he told he died. Okay? Rabbi Shimon says, and then, Ru, and then she marries Shimon, and then Reuven comes back. Rabbi Shimon says, if Reuven and Shimon, but he still agrees that Reuven and Shimon, she still has steward of both Reuven and Shimon. Because we have to make that zera. We're nervous that maybe, you know, uh, people will be not careful about these cases. Fine. So that's, that's the halacha. But what, about the, but what about if Reuven and Shimon both die? Rabbi Shimon says 
this whole Dindra does not continue over to the case of Yibam. And really, they're both, she's permitted to marry the brothers of either of them. She could do Yibam with either one or Chalitza, but she could even do Yibam with them. Why? Because the Dindra started at one level. That was the concern that if a woman's husband goes far away and she can't find him, she won't run to Bezin, she'll just go marry somebody else. So we said, no, no, no. You, if, if, you, in order to make sure that doesn't happen, if he does come back, we make her a steward of both. Right? But in terms of what happens if they die, what's the status of their brothers? That already says Chazal didn't go that far. They didn't make that far. And therefore, in that scenario where, where Reuven comes back, and now Reuven and Shimon are both here, we're both her husband, and they both die, says Shimon, she can marry, she can do Yibam with their brothers. Okay? And if she does, what happens to the Tzara? The Tzara's off the hook, right? The, the, the rule in general. You have two women who are on the hook for Yibam. If one of them does Yibam, the other one can go free. Okay? Yeah? Sort of clear? Okay. Um, fine. So it says, let's continue. Actually, if she does Bia, or obviously if she does Chalitza, with the first brother's, uh, the first husband's brother, Sorry, I should make it clear. It sounds like Rabbi Shimon says only with the first, with Ruvain's brother. This is permissible, not with Shimon's brother. Um, she does that. That pater is sarasa shaharei hi yabam because she's like other, any other woman when it comes to the yabam. The lokansua rabana miyabim miyibum. The 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 chacham did not did not go so far to make her in a, uh, unable to marry the yabam. Because she's for sure permissible to him. She's, it's, it's not her fault. This whole situation is not her fault at all. Because she heard that he died. Right? And she was told that. But Bezdin told her to marry him. But what do you see? But the, so that's bringing us all the way back to our original case. What was the original scenario? original scenario was, Rav said, a woman who's a sota is a surah. Right? And her tsar is also a surah. Right? She's a sota. Again, our original case was, Rivka, Rivka and Sipporah married to Ruvain. She became a sur to him because she had Tashmish, she had sex, sexual relations with somebody else, right? And what happens in such a case? She's a sura to her husband and she's a sura to the, to the guy she was with, right? And what happens? There's no yibum. By the, and, and the husband then dies, right? What happens? She's not allowed to yibum with him and the tzara can't either, right? They're both off the hook in general. So what's, so what's the attack from this Mishnah, the attack is, what do you mean? We have a, now we have a case of a woman who was with another man. She was with another man, right? And she's technically forbidden to her original husband and to that man. And what do we see? Yibam is permissible and her tsar is permissible. So what's going on? So, this, that, that, so it sounds like, Rav, you're not correct. So the Gemara gives, what, uh, so, look, so now look at Rashi. Rashi closes the deal here. Alma nivala tachas baila shariot tsaras Right, you see You see that a woman who was, uh, you know, who uh, uh, again was together with a man who's not her husband while she's married. Her tsar is permitted to do yibum. And even the chachamim agree that that would be permissible, even that, that by the tsar. Okay, so you're going to ask. So the the attack back should be already starting to brew in your mind, which is these are not the same case. Says the Gemara. Go back to the Gemara now. So the Gemara says as follows: These cases are not the same case, right? The original case was 
A sota da araisa, a woman who is in a, she commits adultery. Her husband is sitting right here, and she goes somewhere else, and she and she's together with some other man. That that that's in the case where she becomes a sewer to her husband and a sewer to the guy, and then the tsara also can't uh, if he dies, the tsara can't even because she, she totally uh, uprooted her marriage to him by what she did. The case here is 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 sota de rabbanon in the sense that that's where Chazal made a gzera against her because we're nervous of what might happen in another case. She didn't do anything wrong. She was anus. She it wasn't her fault. And it's only Chazal that that uh, you know that enacted this gzera against her. And that's why Rabbi Shimon's opinion is it's not true when it comes to yibum, right? That 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 the, the takana of Chazal doesn't extend. But the fundamental case is totally different because if a woman's and again let's go to the most extreme case, a woman who's just, who's, who's raped, right? She's totally against her will. She's not a steward to her husband as long as her husband's not a coin, right? So th- it's not, you can't extend it to any case, you know, bring me a kasha from any case where a woman's together with an, a man who's other than her husband. It depends on what the scenario is. So yes, Rav's case was a case of, of a case of Zenus Daraisa, where she actually goes to another man. In that case, she's a steward to her husband and to the Yabam, and the Tzara is a steward to the Yabam. But this case of Yum, there of, of, uh, you know, of, um, quote, Sota de Rabbanon, where she is permitted to marry another man, and then it turns out that the, the scenario was wrong, and, he was at, and the first husband was technically alive. So that case is always, it makes sense it's going to be more, more calm. We're going to be less, more lenient on her. So that's not really Akasha. Fine. So, um, so the Gemara responds as follows. If that is the difference, it's so clear what's going on here. Udakarila, my karila. Like, what, like, basically, like, what was Rukhista thinking? Right? What, what was Rukhista even, what was even the Havamina? What was he thinking that this could be an attack on Rav? How could it be an attack on Rav? It's a totally different case. So the Gemara answers, Kasavar is a very important klal in general. Kasavar, Kodetikin Rabbanan, Ke'en da Araisa Tikin. He thought when there's a rule in general, and the Shechter likes to quote this concept all the time. That that is a rule in general that when Chazam make a takana, they make it similar in the same under the same framework in the same fashion as a dindaraisa. So if they're trying to when Chazal try to mimic, I give you a, I don't know if this is a perfect example, but it would make sense that it's a good example. Um, Tisha B'av right, is a fast day, midrabanan, not midaraisa, correct? Right, it's midrabanan, but it looks a whole lot like a different day. Right, called Yom Kippur, which is Daraisa. Right, the rules are basically the same. The things you can do and can't do are almost identical on uh, Tisha B'av and Yom Kippur. Very similar, right? Um, I don't know if that it would seem to me that it's Kodetikim Rabbanon Kein Daraisa Tikkun for a different reason. Right, the reason why we why we don't do the things that we do on Tisha B'av is not the same reason on Yom Kippur. But it's right. It's, it, they mirror each other, and there are many many other examples of this. And so, the, basically, what's the what's the answer here? The point is, yeah, I know that. This case is a woman who was permitted to marry this other man, according to Besden. Then when it turns out that he shows up, turns out, wow, that was a mistake. And now she can't be married to either of them. That's the Takanas Chazal. That looks just like the Dinder Raisa, right? Asrula Baal, Asrula Baal. So, so what would I have thought, says Rav that just like in the case of the real Sota, not only is she forbidden to the original husband and to the man she had Zenus with, she's also forbidden to the Yava, Right? The, it extends also to Yibam. So what would I have thought that when it comes to the case of Sozad Nidirabanan, where she was again permitted to marry that original man, but it turns out that she's, she made a, they made a mistake, 
she's a sewer to her husband, a sewer to the man she was with, what would I think? Chazal's part of the would make it the same and make her also a sewer to the Yavam. Right? I would assume they would make, she would make, uh, Chazal would make the rules the same for her as they are for a case of Sozo Deraisa. So because of that, Rav Chesed says, wow, if I, if I would assume that they would be the same, and it turns out they're different, so maybe that's because your original Din Deraisa, you're wrong about how you understand it. Their response is, no, what you got wrong, Rav Chesed, is that the Takanas Chazal isn't the same. And that they, while they, it's Rabbi Shimon's point, point, which was that even though you're right, they make her a sewer to her original husband and a sewer to the man she was with, we don't extend that din to the case of Yibo. Is, is there an implication that since Gemara says Rabchista holds Koltika and Rabbanan, is there an implication that some wouldn't hold for that? So the, the implication is that Rabchista, that rule is a, is, a, is a general principle. And the question is, when do you apply that principle? So, the, so, so, so the, our assumption in our Gemara was that, no, we're not going to apply, Shimon certainly doesn't think that, that we're going to apply that principle here. Uh, by the way, we do, the, we do apply it here. How do we apply it here? We make her asura to the original husband and to the man she's, the new husband, right? That is Kein Daraisa Tikkun, right? They, they, they mirror this, they mirror the Dinder after the Dinder But the, the question is, do you believe that you, could, that you extend it that far? So the, our original assumption was no. Rav Chis says, oh, I assumed that the extension of that concept applied all the way through. To the Tzara also. To the also. And to Yibum in general. Because right. Rav Shimon's opinion is that it doesn't apply to Yibum at all. Right? At least not to the first husband. Yeah? Okay. Every day a new fun, a new, uh, a new concept to learn, right? Um, okay, we are really almost over time. Um... All right, you know, um, let's, do, let's do this one more case to get us on base because then we're going to have a lot of work to do tomorrow. So let's just try to finish Amun Aleph. So fine. So, so that was, so we rejected the attack on Rav. We rejected the attack on, attack on Rav and we can still assume Tzara Sota Asura. Fine. So they said Rav Ashi, so Rav Ashi attacks, uh, Rav Ashi attacks Rav. Nichna Sa'imo Laseser. Visha Sa'imo Kadei Tuma. So what happens? The same, din, the same case of, of real sota, daraisa, what happens? The man had already warned his wife, do not have yichud with this man. Um, and she does. She goes with him to a, to a secluded place. And she stays with him the amount of time it would take for them to perform the act. Right? To be, to, for her, her, for the man and woman to have relations with each other. Um, right? That's the sheer yichud, really, by the way. That's how they determine how the isra of yichud in general. Then it's the minimum of time it would take for a man and woman to, 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 to be together in a forbidden way. Um, what happens? Asura lebeisa, she becomes forbidden to her husband. So again, this is what happens in the case of Sota. We don't actually know that she, that she actually, uh, that they actually had uh, relations, right? But she went and had yichud with him in the amount of time that it would take. Okay, and we know that. So what happens? Asura lebeisa, she goes immediately forbidden to her husband. Asura if her husband was a Kohen, she now can eat truma again because you're, if a woman's married to a Kohen, she can only eat truma on account of the fact that her husband's a Kohen. Ve'imes, and if he dies, her husband chaletzes velo misyabemes. Right? What happens if he dies? She does chalitza and not ibum. But what does she do? She does chalitza. Right? What? Why is that a problem? Right? The um, the, the the attack on Rav is as follows. 
right? If you tell me, Rav, that a sota, a woman who's a sota, and she goes and um, then her husband dies, that her tzara is petur from Yibam. Why? Because the woman herself is temeya already, right? She's, she's done. She's, she, she's a, a rayos to her husband. Why is the Gemara say, why is the, why does the Brisa here say that she should do, that if her husband, that after the time when she already secluded, she already violated his will. We have Aiden that she had, that she was secluded with his other man. And nevertheless, if the husband would die before the process is over, what happens? Chaletzes. She's a steward to her husband, but nevertheless, she does chalitza. What's going on here? Why is she doing chalitza? Look at Rashi. Rashi on the top of Yudan from the base says, Why no yibum? The Gemara, is going to explain, the Gemara explains in Sota. But Ketani Miha chaletzes kashil rav. The fact that she has to do chalitza is a kashan rav because rav said that the whole connection is, is, is exploded. Right? She's a raya. She's like a, like a Isra Kares. Nothing to talk about. So how do you explain that, Rav? So, Am Rav, Amin Lecha, Ana Sota Vadai, V'amras Liat, Sota Safek. So Rav says back, what do you mean? We're, again, there are different stages here, right? And this is what I was saying before. When she has Yichud with, with this other man, after she was already told not to, she becomes a Sota Safek. She is now a sewer to her husband. Why? Not because we know for sure that she had that she had Tashmashamita, that she actually had sexual relations with that man. But because there is a really good, you know, as Rashi's gonna point out, there's there's Raglaim Ladavra, as we say. There's a really good reason to believe that this is what she was doing with that man. We don't know, but we have a lot of reason to believe it. So since we have a lot of reason to believe it, what happens? We tell the we say right away, husband and wife, usher to each other until we can clarify things. Right, we, we we make her usher. When did she become mutter again? If she drinks the soda water, right? If at the end of the day she drinks the soda water, she becomes mutaris to her husband. Why? Because she, we don't know for sure that she was actually mizana with this guy. We don't know that for sure. So the point is, yes, she's a steward to her husband, but not, not mitam vada, not because she's an arayistin, not because she's temeya, because we say at that point, now you got to hold off because we don't know what her status is. Um, but nevertheless, if he would die, she still has to do chalitza. Because it's, it's, again, she, she's not really cut off from her husband totally. So that, that's Rob's answer. Rob's answer is, whoa, whoa, whoa. And the reason in this case she does chalitza is because she's not for sure a sewer to him. In my case, says Rob, the case I was talking about was, was sota vadai. We know for sure. Nothing to talk about. We have clear-cut evidence. Aidim, that, that the two of them actually had relations with each other. That's when she's for sure off the, off, you know, uh, totally you know, uh, cut off from her husband. And in that case, if, if the husband would die, uh, there's no chalitza and no yibam. So that's what I was talking. That's what he was going to say. That to that, be his answer. That's why I'm to, so does vadai. That case you're bringing as a kashami is uh, so does suffix, And we will pick up here tomorrow.